Welcome back to Tipsy Tailgate Media. I'm Aiden. Me, I'm Ben. And we're back again. Week 13, NFL Slate. We hope you guys enjoyed our Thanksgiving special episode because, I mean, quite frankly, I enjoyed it. I don't Did you, Ben? I loved it. I had a great time, uh, except for Jason uh, joining us. That was awful. Um, <laughs> but, but Salvatore joining us was quite a treat. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, had some of the old folks um, visit us again from uh, Studio Times back at QU. So it was very exciting, a lot of fun. If you haven't watched it yet, still watch it, uh, even if the games are old. Funny stuff was going on. We were making fun of tags like usual. Uh, <laughs> so it was a good he time. He deserved it. He 100% deserved it. Basically, well, we'll save it for you, but he was copying Ben's picks Every down the stretch. Every single pick. He copied it. Every single pick. It was um, such a joke. It was such. It was a good time, though. So, might as well have me speak twice. Yeah. That, that's might as well <laughs> like what should have happened. It, it was a complete waste of time for him to be there. I'm, I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest and frank. There was no point in him being there. <laughs> so if you haven't seen that yet, go check that out. What's up, guys? We are proud to be partnering with Underdog Fantasy, our favorite place to play fantasy games. You got to check out Pick'em. You got to check out the draft. It's so easy to play. The Pick'em in specific. Just go pick out two to five stats of your favorite players or your least favorite players. Choose whether they'll go higher or lower of that stat. And you can 20x your money by going five for five. Did you hear me correctly? 20x. Go ahead and play. Sounds fun, doesn't it? Download their app, Underdog Fantasy, and sign up today using code TIPSY to get your first deposit up to $100 matched. Let's see the entries and reach out to us if you do it because we want to see who our loyal fans are. Um, Should be our last video, but... We're back 13, week 13, not 13, week 13. No, keep getting my weeks messed up. <laughs> it's week 13. I, I bolded number 13, just so the, I know. The, uh, the, uh, the season's been so bad for the Pats that, I, you know, I, I think you're just kind of stuck in a rut and kind of uh, it's, it's trying tough. to get through it the best way you can. I mean, you know it's tough. It's, it's a tough awful. life out here. Awful. The Pats are so bad. So bad. Oh, yeah, we're, yeah, we're real bad. Real bad. Um, But... What I wanted to get into here is week 13. Like I said, Ben, I want you to start us off here. Patriots, are we that bad? Or did we intentionally oh, lose that game against the Giants? They, the funniest <laughs> thing, Aiden, to me is they did everything. Outside of playing for the tie and going to overtime, which, you know, I think Bill was more thinking, let the defense win it. I think that was his goal, which okay. he has shown in the past. They did everything that they could to win that game. Everything they could, everything their power, every resource that was available to them to win that game, they tried to do it. They just have no talent. Um, to this point, honestly, Bill, the coach, hasn't looked phenomenal uh, given mm. that he's being held back by Bill, the GM. I mean, Bill, the GM, is the worst thing in sports right now. Um, but they did everything they could, and they're just not good enough, and they lost to Tommy DeVito. So congratulations. You lost to Tommy DeVito. Uh, you lost to a pathetic quarterback. You lost to a pathetic team. And you did everything that you could to win that game. So if you're the Pats right now, you should be embarrassed and ashamed. Listen, I think, I think it comes down to, to a couple things. And, and I'll be lying if, I, if I'll say that if I said that I wasn't cheering that Rylan missed that oh, field goal. Oh, he had goal. to miss. He had to miss. Because I was going crazy. I was, you know, screaming at the TV, please miss, please miss. And, you know, he did. So. Keeps us – actually, I think that moves us to second overall pick, right? I or, or since yeah. the Bears lost, I believe we now have the second pick. Yeah, so as of right now, I think we're holding the second overall pick, which is very exciting. I mean, Fantastic. never never in my life has my team been picking that high. So very exciting. <laughs> um, kind of a cocky exciting thing to say. Exciting for all the wrong reasons. Exciting yeah, exciting, for all the exactly. wrong reasons. I mean, we're so spoiled. We just want to be bad right now. That's how, that's how good it's been in the past. But uh, this, this, I think, is for the right reasons. And, uh, and what I was going to say is, you know, I was happy for it because I've been saying it all year, but I'm going to keep saying it. I think that we should be trying to lose. Yes. We're not trying to lose, but, no, you know, wink, no, wink. At this point. Try to lose. Try to lose. Get us try a to top lose. pick. You can't. You have to. You can't afford. If you're the Patriots right now, you can't afford to win two games. You can't no. afford to win two more at all. Because then you're, what, you drop to maybe the fourth pick in the draft and knows, you miss yeah. out on... Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Marvin Harrison, who to me are the three guys in this draft who you can legitimately rebuild around. It, given yeah. how valuable receiver has become, a guy like Marvin Harrison is a guy that you can rebuild a team around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that you can fall any lower than three in this draft. It would be a killer. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it was pretty funny because I was cheering for us to miss that field goal, but at the same time, I was cheering for the Panthers to win. So yep. we had a chance at the first overall because yep. it was like 17 to 10, and they just suck. Like, mm-hmm. they really suck. <laughs> they're, they're, honestly, with the firing of Frank Reich, maybe that changes some things. And maybe That's they get what a I little, was thinking. Maybe they get a little bit of juice, and then That's what I was thinking. You know, we keep getting worse. So hopefully that's how this goes. Listen, it makes sense because there's always that known thing of, you know, coach gets fired, they go on a little bit of a hot streak, yeah. one, two, three weeks, whatever it is. That usually happens. I mean, it's happening right now with the Raiders, and obviously a different situation there. They've got some playmakers. But, you know, hopefully the Panthers can recreate that and do it, you know, I hope they went out. <laughs> oh my god! Can you awesome. imagine? Can you imagine how great that would be? I, I, I can't say it enough. You can't afford to win more than one more game. One more game, and even that—that's yeah. a bit risky. Given, I mean, if the Panthers get the well, the Bears have the pick. That's the thing. The Bears have their pick, right? Like the Panthers. No, the the Panther. Yeah, oh, yeah. The Bears yeah, have the Panthers. The Bears pick. have yes, the Panthers yes, pick. Yeah. So I mean. If the if the Bears end up ahead of you with the Panthers pick, okay. Likely you lose Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison if they get mm-hmm. the first pick. You can't lose Drake May. Drake May is the guy that they should want. It's the guy they need. He, I, I know a lot of people have been saying this, so I'm not the first one to be saying this. Drake May is a much more sure thing than Caleb Williams, given I think Caleb Williams has an attitude problem. I think he has a leadership problem. And honestly, I think his play on the field is wildly overrated. So the rest of those things that I just mentioned are just going to exasperate his other problems. So I think Drake May is the guy you need, the guy that you should want. And honestly, I was saying this to our friend Monty. Um, Monty, the GOAT, uh, thank you for all that you do for the pod. A little bit of a shout-out. Shout-out. But I kind of want them to end up with the second pick so that they don't pull a typical Pats and overthink things and not take the guy that they should take anyway. If you get two, I feel like you're kind of forced to take to take Drake May. So that's what I want to happen. Okay. My thing here is completely perfect logic. I like it. The one thing I, I differ on, and we know this, is my standing on, on Caleb Williams versus Drake May. Not that I'm against Drake, Drake May at all. Uh, I know, obviously, you have a preference of his. Mm-hmm. I am a Caleb Williams guy through and through, and I'm actually excited that and happy that uh, whatever went down near the end of the season, him crying with his mom, him them not playing well, I'm excited that happened because that has given us a chance at not only, you know, getting to the point where maybe if we're picking at two, if we're picking at three, he's still there, whereas before people were going to be trading you know the entire system to try to get that number one overall pick together so it gives it puts us in the game a little bit more but i think what it also does is it tempers expert um sorry tempers uh expectations for him when he comes into the league and i think that's huge because i don't want i mean if if the patriots do get him i don't want my my qb coming in with if this guy's not thrown for three touchdowns a game like stroud's doing He's not as good as people thought, all this, all this pressure. I don't want that. I don't want that out of QB. I don't want that out of anyone on this team. So I like that for multiple reasons. My other point I want to make here on Caleb is, you know, just doing a quick look at the numbers. I know it's not all numbers. Um, Just out of pure, like, eye test talent, to me, I think Caleb is one of the best QBs that's come out of this draft or that's come out, that's going to enter this draft Um, in, in recent years even. I you know, I might be a little biased here, but I think his talent surpasses Trevor Lawrence's. I really do. I, 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 I would think, agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean, because when you look at it, I mean, Trevor Lawrence obviously had a lot of guys around him to play with. Um, I want to just confirm some of these receivers because um, obviously he played and uh, he played in Clemson, and they were they're always a receiver. Well, they were factory. a wagon. On top yeah, of that, they're they were, always the a whole receiver. team was sick. Just, just off a quick search, T. Higgins, Justin Ross, you know, those are two guys in the league. T. Higgins, one that's, you know, a superstar. Deontay Johnson, yep. or not, sorry, um, not Deontay Johnson, Travis Etienne, mm-hmm. uh, another really good playmaker. He's with him now. Well, on then the Jags. Dabo coaching when, you know, Dabo, Dabo coaching. Was an elite coach. I mean, you look, at, you look at Caleb Williams last year, a year that he was so dominant and, you know, walked away with that Heisman, 42 touchdowns, five interceptions, 4,500 yards. Phenomenal year. Yeah. In that season, 
he had Jordan Addison, and that's pretty much it. You know, unless I'm missing a guy here, Jordan Addison, and he was injured for most of the year. Jordan Addison, very on, on you know, back and forth. That's the year after they got him after winning the Belinikoff, uh for the University of Pittsburgh, which was a great. You know, he was phenomenal there. But besides the fact he's doing well on the Vikings now, so. That's probably been the only receiver and maybe even weapon that he's going to have that's going to be an, the, uh, an NFL-like talent compared to the guys that Trevor Lawrence had, compared to the coaching. You know, obviously Caleb's got uh, Lincoln Riley over there, but, you know, he's not as proven as a guy like Dabo. So what I'm basically saying is with all that, all facts considered, when I just look at the stats, I mean, I test, I'm, I'm, I'm Caleb, and I'm Caleb over even the likes of Trevor Lawrence, like I said. but. When you look at the numbers, I mean, like I just said, read out last year's numbers, his 2021 numbers are just as good for a smaller sample size. Uh, 1,900 yards, 21 touchdowns, four interceptions. That's only off of 211 attempts compared to the next year, 500. And then this year, obviously, he's got a little bit more to go, but 388 attempts. He's got 3,600 yards, 30 touchdowns, five interceptions. His best QB his best QB rating out of his three years is right now, and it seems like the sky's falling and the guy sucks the way the media's right. putting it out. But you know? does the winning not concern you or no. the lack thereof? And and obviously that is the that is the the red flag here is they're losing. You know he's not handling it. Maybe right. as, to me as it's well not as even think. not to cut you off. No, go ahead. It's you kind of this is going way back, and the only reason that I'm even going to mention this is because of, I just watched, I don't know if you've ever seen the 30 for 30, Elway to Marino. Yeah, uh, great perfect, one. Third, yes. It's a fucking perfect uh, documentary for any sport. Yes. It's phenomenal. Yep. Um, but in that, they kind of touch upon the fact that Marino had a perfect uh, junior year at Pitt and then not a great senior year, Yeah, which, is, which was a major red flag. And I'm not saying... It's kind of a, a funky comparison for what I'm going here with uh, because I'm not really a, as – I think Caleb will be good, but I'm concerned by it. I think there should be a little bit more of that than there is with Caleb. I don't – I still see a lot of people saying consensus first pick, consensus first pick. I think there are a lot more red flags than, we're, than people are acknowledging. And to me, it's, it's more – you kind of alluded to it. It's how he's handling the losses, what he's doing – after the losses, kind of making mm-hmm. his teammates stand there during the press conference. To me, that's a bad leader. When you're the quarterback, when you're the face of college football, it's on you to stand there and take the questions after the game. And, and he, he honestly, he just hasn't done it. So to me, that's a major red flag. Yeah, so obviously, like you said, that that is, in my opinion, the biggest issue with Caleb is that exactly. Um, the two things that I want to kind of weigh here is, is if I had to come out with comps, and this is, you know, we're pre-combine, we're pre-full, you know, season's over, we're going into analysis here Mm -hmm. on who we like. If I had to give you just uh, a quick eye test um, comp here, I'm going Drake May to uh, Justin Herbert, you know, 6'4", 230, big dude. Um, Obviously, you can throw the ball, 24 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. And, you know, he's also been able to show that he's, you know, can run it at times. Just the right. past week, he had 106 yards and, and uh, rushing yards and one touchdown. You know, not that he's, you know, super dangerous on his legs. He can do it if he needs. It's, it's just like Herbert. He can yeah. do it when he needs to. Exactly. And, you know, I don't want to set this expectation for him. But when I, when I see Caleb, I see a guy that can make all the throws. He can do it effortlessly. He can improvise and do it on his feet um maybe not as much as a guy like drake may but you know to the caliber of you know when when you think of a guy like what's a good comp for that i mean if you're looking at mahomes and you're saying what's a good mahomes like comp from a guy out of college not saying he's going to be the mahomes obviously but what's a comp for him i think caleb williams is a fitting comp you know size wise they kind of match up they have a little bit of the same swag Caleb loves to 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 display that swag. He loves to make different arm angle throws. Uh, he loves to celebrate after a, yep. a nice touchdown play. And you know, matter of fact, he might not be the best at handling media and and situations like that. But 
do we really even know how Patrick Mahomes would have been in that situation if he was that highly touted? Because he wasn't. He wasn't that highly I, touted. But I think we do know. But I think well, we do know. N- now, now we know for sure. But, you know, Caleb Williams is a junior here, and he's got learning to do, especially if it's in a Belichick offense or a Belichick-led team if he does end up in New England and Belichick stays. There's no way. I, I mean, no it's, way. It, it, who knows at this point? But what I'm basically saying here is, I think that Caleb Williams gives you more of the conventional, like he he joins a team and your team goes skyrockets in value and talent and in right. ceiling. Whereas him, I think Drake May, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So that's that's my comparison of the two. Obviously, we're gonna have some podcasts centered around college football and the Heisman or not the Heisman race, um, the draft, the NFL draft, and that's gonna be a fun time. But for now. Uh, we, we have our, our obvious, you know, favorites that we, we have preferences on and it'll be interesting to see where we lay out. Basically what we're trying to say is here, we hope the fucking Patriots can get one of these two guys. Like, can you imagine a scenario, Aiden, where the Pats get the first overall pick and the bears are so worried about them taking Caleb Williams that they use one of their first rounders to swap with them. And then we move to say two or three. And then we use that pick to take Drake May. And then on top of that, we get the rest of the capital in that draft, say second rounders, third rounders. And that's a that's a complete rebuild in one draft potentially. So to me, that would be the most ideal thing where you somehow luck your way into one. And then the uh-huh. Bears have two and three. And then maybe you trade down to three where they take Caleb and Marvin Harrison. And then you take Drake May. And then you get all those other picks and you start rebuilding your whole roster. To me, that's the most ideal situation yeah something like that would be great and obviously knowing belichick's history of of trading that would be you know very possible and and something that you know like you said would catapult us completely if it falls in our favor now if it doesn't fall in our favor and we draft a fucking offensive lineman which could happen then i'm never gonna watch football again yeah Uh, i'll be done but yeah this is why but to me this is why on top of the fact that the last two years, Bill has looked like he's toast and that he's done, which I don't think he is as a coach, as a GM, 100%. Not as a coach. I still think he's a very good coach. I still think he's a lead coach in the NFL. You can't let him take the reins on this draft, given his draft history mm-hmm. and how important. This is the most important draft that they've had since 93 when they took Bledsoe. This is the most important draft maybe 100%. in franchise history. So yeah, definitely. You, really, you can't blow this. It's yeah. the best position you've been in in terms of a draft and being able to rebuild your team in literally 25 years. So you, you can't fuck it up. You can't afford to fuck it up. Yeah, no, 100% agree with you. Um, all right, let's get into some Week 13 NFL talk, though. Uh, betting record check-in, I'm 33-31-2. Ben is 28-33-2. Um, we're definitely taking a little bit of a hit on what was a great record for both of us earlier in the season. But we'll be back, no doubt about that. Uh, Pat's pick check-ins were both four and six. Um, and Tipsy Bowl, I believe, I believe five and I believe you're five. No, I'm five and six. I think you're six and five. Um, I think that would be my guess. But if you're following us on Instagram, you'll see that betting graphic every week and you'll know exactly what we are. And without further ado, let's get into our first game that we're going to talk about. Chargers going to New England. Patriots are six-point underdogs, 40s the over-under. Ben, what do you think about this Patriots game? To me, there are two games left that the Pats could win, and this is sneaky one of them, so I'm kind of worried about that. Um, But I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'm really hoping that the Chargers get it done. Uh, To me, they just have so many weapons at their disposal. We have no way of stopping those weapons. Um, our offense can't keep pace with them. Uh, regardless of who's starting a quarterback, they both suck. They're both horrible. Uh, even though they don't have Joey Bosa anymore, Khalil Mack has, in a way, become the most underrated player in the league because he is still disgusting, and no one seems to want to give him that credit. He's not what Khalil Mack used to be, but he can still go out there and get two to three sacks in any given game. So uh, you can't rule him out at all. And our our own line's a fucking disgrace. Um, but I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. 
I'll put it at around 24 to 10. I'll go 24, 10, uh, San Diego or LA, not San Diego, LA. Uh, and the report just came out earlier today that, um, and you know, this is not a surprise. Brandon Staley most likely will get fired somewhat, you know, whether it's, a week near the end or after the season, unless they make a drastic change in terms of the way their season's going, very unlikely. But I think Staley's going to be out of there. But for now, you know, this is an interesting game. I really, I don't see how the over-under could be this much because the Pats cannot score. We just don't know how to score. And uh, and giving us six points is kind of crazy when we can't score. I mean, that shows, I, the yeah. Chargers have also been horrible. That's what I'm saying. That that shows how badly the Chargers have been. I know there's a stat I saw. Uh, Deron Bland, the cornerback for the Cowboys, if you put his interceptions up as if he was a receiver, receptions, yards, touchdowns, he's like 10 times better than Quinton Johnson, which was their pick from TCU, their receiver. I mean, they have just not been a well-run, well-functioning, you know, they have they have been decreasing with Herbert more so than they've been increasing, which is, which is crazy. Pathetic. pathetic. And yeah, and just as an organization, it's just tough. It's yeah, really I, tough. I don't it's got to the point where the charges have to be cursed, honestly. Like I, I, I can't remember if I was talking to you about this last week or or someone else the other day. You got Dan Fouts for twenty years. You got Breeze, and then he breaks his shoulder, and you ship him out of town. You have Philip Rivers for damn near twenty years, and then you have Herbert for yeah. Like, how long has he been in the league now? Like six years, five, six years. It's it been really a while. Hasn't it's, been that short it, of a yeah. time. I mean, it's kind of like the Tatum syndrome, where you're kind of like, oh, he's only been in the league for a few years. No, he's actually been here for over five years now. He's actually been here for a long time. Um, yeah. And and before you know it, if that doesn't, if nothing yeah, changes, before then you know it, it's or, ten years in, you've done nothing. Exactly, and we're looking exactly like a Philip Rivers situation where exactly. it's just like, exactly. holy and, shit, and, he just wasted his career. Exactly, and that, that's a complete disaster scenario for the Chargers. Um, I, I think Herbert is better than Rivers. I know it's a bit of a mouthful given how underrated Philip Rivers is in his own right. Philip Rivers does not get the credit uh, that he deserves for the great career that he had. Um, but you have your best quarterback since Fouts, who outside of LT is probably the best player in franchise history. Um, so yeah, they really have to get it done. Um, but I'm kind of worried about it. And I'll tell you what, another reason I'm worried about it. You're seeing all the bill chargers rumors who, which, yeah. which we said before anyone else. So I don't want to hear anyone we did. taking credit for that. Other than us, that was us. And, and we've we, got, we clips started to that prove it. Um, yes, we do. We have the receipts. Um, anyone, <laughs> anyone Robert wants to Sala. check those out? We've got we, the receipts. We have, we have it all, uh, on our YouTube and our Instagram channels. Um, but I'm really worried that for once this year, Bill might step up and actually coach a great game because this is like an audition uh, to coach the Chargers next year. If he goes in there and just puts on a clinic and finds a way to slow down the Chargers offense with Herbert, like he's shown in the past, he's beaten him yes. twice already with a bad team and Max Rookier, which was a good team. Um, but he's shown success against Herbert in the past, which I'm very worried about. Obviously, it's a completely different situation this year. But to me, that's why this is a winnable game. Bill's going to look at it Agreed. as an audition, and he kind of has Herbert's numbers. So I'm kind of worried that they might squeak this one out. You know, and I think the Chargers are going to win, but I definitely I think agree. this is interesting. I think the Chargers will win, but I'm worried. I'm exactly. very worried. Um, Falcons at Jets. Jets are two-and-a-half-point. Toilet bowl. Two-and-a-half-point underdogs, 34 is the over-under. I'll give you my quick thoughts on this. I like the Falcons. Um, I like the Jets' defense a lot. Yeah. I hate their offense, obviously. Uh, I like the Falcons much more than I like the Jets just because that offense can score. And obviously, right. Bijan finally had uh, a game where he had two touchdowns, I think almost 100 yards. It's exciting for them. I think they need to keep going. Hopefully, they can figure out whether Ritter is completely toast or if there's potential there. Because if not, I don't think they waste their talent and they have to go get a QB um whether it's in the draft free agency trade whatever it is yeah. they need a guy because this is a good roster so I'm, I'm going falcons give me the falcons here um uh, probably taking the under just because i don't think the jets can score uh mm -hmm. to cover that 34 even though i think the falcons will score a decent amount of points what do you think about this one yeah uh, same exact thoughts as you I, I just think 
I think the Falcons win. The Jets just look demoralized. The whole defense looks demoralized. They've done all that they can all season. I know we talked about this last week, but you really can't say it enough. They've played at such a high level for the past few seasons now. It's not just the last one or two. It's been three seasons that this defense has been pretty damn good. Um, and, and now you have some of your young superstars who are legitimate near Pro Bowl, or some of them are Pro Bowlers, um, but a lot of them are now um, approaching Pro Bowl level. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Sauce and, and Quentin Williams, they've been that good uh, for the past year or so. Um, but, yeah, I kind of feel bad for the Jets' defense. I think Sala should get fired. I think he's a clown. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Falcons to win this one as well. All right, I, you know, kind of seen the same way on both of these so far. Obviously, you think the Patriots game's a little bit more interesting for, you know, coaching purposes and, and whatnot. Next game, 49ers going to Philly to play the Eagles. The Eagles are three-point underdogs at home. 46.5 is the over-under. Rematch here from last year's, obviously, playoff game where Brock Purdy got hurt. And, you know, it seemed like they had their best chance with McCaffrey lining up at QB. Yeah. Um, so much different situation. Um, Eagles look great again. 10-1, and one, you know. Yes, they've had rocky games. Last but week changed I, my opinion of them. Yeah, that but I think last a, week was. a big thing. A big thing to remember is, you know, good teams. You know, they might not always look phenomenal. They might not right. always look their best. But if you could find a way to win, you're a good team. Right. And they're ten and one, so I don't care what anyone says. It's they're finding a way to win. They're so um, good. Yeah. With that said, I really think it's tough to play two back to back tough games. Plus, I hear it's going to be raining in Philly for this one. Give me the 49ers. Give me the 49ers. Um, I think they're favored for that reason. They know the Eagles are going to be beat up. The Niners are just, you know, they seem like they're getting healthy, where the Eagles seem like they're a little bit more banged up. Lane Johnson, right. uh, Fletcher Cox just got hurt. A couple guys banged up. Jalen Carter's been like, you know, every other week getting a small minor thing. I think he's good now. But I just think the 49ers here are the healthier team. I think it's more of also a storyline thing. You know, Niners get their oh, yeah. revenge this week. Maybe we'll see it in the playoffs. Yeah. So interesting to see. Whatever. Um, and 49ers, I, I think they take the win. You know, I want to go over. I don't know how bad the weather is supposed to be. I mean, for all we know, it's early in the week. For all we know, it can clear up completely and be a 40-40 to 40 game because right. of the way these two teams can right. score. But – uh, I'm hesitant on the over/under. Have to see what the weather is like, but I'm leaning over. Give me the 49ers. What do you think? I'm gonna take the Niners as well. They've clearly had this game circled on their calendar all season, or on their schedule rather. Um, you got it. Correct or not, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Coming out of last year's NFC Championship, losing Brock Purdy the way they did. Yeah. The Niners feel like they got fucked and that they probably should have won that game. Oh, yeah. And Regardless of whether it's yeah. correct, that's how they feel. And they're just they're going to be out for blood. They're going to get this one done. Um, yeah, I, I really – I would be stunned. I would be stunned if the Niners went out there and didn't win this game. Because as you said, the Niners are doing this health-wise, play-wise. And while the Eagles are doing this too, play-wise, their injuries have got to catch up to them at some point. They've got to. Mm-hmm. And- you know, and we're going to touch on this, actually. I'm going to wait on that. Uh, we're going to do a little MVP check-in. Uh, Chiefs going to Green Bay. Green Bay, the Packers have been looking good. They've phenomenal. been looking good. They've been surprising a lot of people recently, you know, especially that big win over the Lions. Panther, or still, Packers are six-and-a-half-point underdogs. 42 points is the over-under. Chiefs, they look mortal for the first time in maybe, what, four years, three years, whatever it is. They look mortal. Is it what's the case here? I mean, six and a half is not that much. Yeah. Um, what do you lean? Where do you lean with this? I'm, I think the Packers are going to win this game. I think Jordan Love, he's developed so well. And this, the stats between Rodgers and Jordan Love, their first, what was it, 11, 12 games, identical. Same record, same yards, same touchdowns, mm-hmm. same picks. What do we always say in history sports? Always repeats itself. Yep. That's not saying that Jordan Love is going to be Aaron Rodgers, but there's always weird similarities with this stuff to the point where it's, it's just scary. It's honestly kind of scary the way that some of this shit works out. Um, I'm going to take the Packers to win. I don't like the way the Chiefs have been playing. I think the Chiefs have become... Boring isn't the right word. Stale. Stale. 
the, the offense has become a bit stale. You know what Mahomes is going to do. You know what Kelsey's going to do. Uh-huh. You, know, you know that Reed's going to call up some good plays. But at some point, I don't want to say lack of talent. No, it is lack of talent, regardless of having uh, a pretty good running back group and Mahomes and Kelsey. The receiver room is just so bad. It is so bad. There's no one that you can rely on to have a big game. No one. I mean, sure, one guy can pop off in one week and, and have a pretty good game and maybe seem like he can step up and take that role. Just no no one in that group's good enough. They're, they're, as you just said, they're mortal. They're really – I. here's a hot take. Not even a hot take. Oh. I think it's correct. They're going to yeah. lose their first playoff game this year. They're not going to oh. win their first playoff game. I don't see it. Okay. Especially if it's against a team like the Broncos, who who are hot right now and find their way in. You got K- Denver going to KC, where they're not scared at all. They already beat you, and they're hungry, and they've been firing, and they have a veteran quarterback and a veteran coach. I, I think the Chiefs are screwed this year. I-, I don't see them winning the playoff game. Okay, so off that, I think – I think the playoff thing is I, I disagree on the playoffs playoff thing, but it's mainly because of this. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to use this regular season, knowing that, you know, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Even if they lose four or five games, if they get in, I think they'll be fine. I think that the main thing to look at here is the way I think of it is they are trying to do everything they could do to win without using Kelsey and yep. just using their other receivers, building them up, building chemistry trying different ways to win because they've been trying to save Kelsey for mm-hmm. the playoffs. We haven't seen any, you know, insane Kelsey games. Like we I saw almost one or two where he's looked like phenomenal. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we saw what three, four five of those last year. Oh my God, in the regular like six, season. six or seven. Yeah. He was so good. I mean, and not that he's not been good. I think it's just genuinely been, right. they want to keep him healthy. They know he's getting older. They know, you know, he had a little bit of an injury earlier in the year. And I think it's the right method. You know, this it's is something. Smart. It's smart. This is something that you saw the Patriots do with Gronk, um, when 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 you know we we were a well-oiled machine for a while there with Brady. And I think it's a great thing. I was so happy the Pats were doing it. You know, I'll give up one or two regular season games to to have a healthy Gronk in the playoffs because whenever we had a healthy Gronk and an Edelman in the playoffs, at times we looked unstoppable. And when we yeah. didn't, it looked like it was three and out almost every time. So right, I think. If I had to lean one way, um, I think the Chiefs will be fine in the playoffs because I think if they need to for- force feed Kelsey, they can. And no matter who's on them, if it's two, three people, or if it's the best corner in the fucking league, I think Kelsey will find a way to go for you know a buck, buck ten to a buck fifty, and and a two touchdowns up to three if he needs. Like they're just that good of a combo, and and I think you know it's just like the Brady Gronk thing. They they were able to do what they needed to do at different moments, you know regardless of the, the coverage, the situation, as long yeah. as they were healthy. So, I mean, I, yeah. I hear you. I don't – what you're saying is true. It's all correct. None of it is wrong. I think they're due for a first-round playoff loss. I don't think they've – they've never had that with Mahomes, have they? They've never lost in the first no. round. They've never lost their first playoff game. Nope. They're due for it. They're so due for it. It doesn't happen. It does not happen this many years in a row that you make the playoffs this many times and you just don't lose at all. The, the Pats used to do it. Uh, between Super Bowls, they, they lost to the Ravens a couple of times. Um, they lost to Peyton a couple of times early in the playoffs, not even like AFC yeah. Championship. They lost in like the divisional round. Um, I think they're due for it. I'm not saying Kelsey's fallen off. He's lost a step. He hasn't fallen off. He's lost a step. He's not the same guy. He's still effective as hell and the best tight end in the league. But last year, he was the best weapon in the league. Not just the best tight end. He was probably the best weapon in terms of mm-hmm. receiving tight ends, receivers, whatever you want to say. Last year, I would have put him ahead of guys like like Jefferson and Tyreek in terms of value to their teams. It's not this year. I, I think he's lost just a tiny bit of a step. Yeah, and the other thing I want to mention is this Chiefs defense has been able to pick up this offense. Yes. Which is something that, you know, Mahomes fans will, will never admit. That this defense is is actually not Tim bad. It's the best part of the it's, team. It's the best part of the team. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I mean, all, all I remember hearing about Brady is, holy shit, he got carried. He was this. Right. He was this. He was this. Listen up, all right. Everyone gets their help. Don't give right. me this BS 
this Chiefs team, this Chiefs unit is top three this year. They are a top three unit, and it varies week to week, but they've looked like a number one unit for good parts of the season. So oh, don't yeah. give me this. He doesn't get any help. You know, oh, he only has Kelsey. Okay. You know, he's got Pacheco, which is a serviceable running back, and not much else. You know, there were times where Brady was thrown to Edelman. You know, we had nobody else on the field to help us. And uh, Hurt Gronk, you know, a running back that was going to be on the team for another week and then get cut, like a Jonas Gray, whatever it is. You know, there are so many similarities in terms of what Brady and what, what Mahomes have. You know, you just can't keep a great receiver with a great tight end, multiple receivers, whatever it is. You can't keep it. You see with the Bengals now, they can't keep T and Jamar. And that's just, you know, that's two receivers, no tight end. So it happens. It's how football works. You can't pay right. everyone. So it's going to be interesting to see. I don't want to hear any excuses for Mahomes because whenever there were excuses for Brady, it was always a counter excuse to cover why he's still the luckiest player of all time. Don't give me that. Don't. I don't want to hear it. There's a top three unit yeah, there. It's got um, to a point where, yeah. I mean, even when you look at like other great quarterbacks outside of Tom, you look at, look at a guy like Elway, you look at a guy like Montana, you look at a guy like Peyton, you look at a guy like Marino. All of their teams had certain advantages and they all had disadvantages uh-huh. and at the end of the day they kind of even out so i mean uh, yeah the, perf- I, I'm the with perfect you. i'm with the, you. the perfect example of that is you know and what was it a three-year span i believe Payne went from having the best offense maybe ever yeah from one of the best offenses ever best offense of all time one of the worst defenses and then, yeah to and then, then like a bottom to then, 5D, exactly. and then all of a sudden super bowl 50 you have the best defense in the league, and that's the reason you win the championship. So yeah. it kind of, I agree. It, it kind of all evens yeah. out. It, it always does. It always does. Brady, in the back half of his career, besides that Rams Super Bowl, had not a great defense at all. Defense was, I, you can give were, me men don't break. They were okay. Exactly. They weren't great. Exactly. You can give me all the statistics. You know, a team, a unit that would, you know, not many turnovers at times. You know, very little sacks at times. Yeah. Just a defensive line that was rotating a lot of the time. And it was up to Brady to drop 30, 40 points in these in these Super Bowl games and, and get to 30. And, and, you know, against the Eagles, get even more than 40. It, it was a lot. Whatever it is. Yeah. We, we can always we can post, talk about this for days. But Post 2014, it really took until like 2018, like you just said, for the pass to get an elite defense again. I mean, Vince retired. And then Hightower started showing a little bit of age. And McCordy showed a little bit of age. And then you throw in... Stephon Gilmore after that, and then you have uh, Jason mm-hmm. McCourty coming over, and that's when the defense really stepped up again. But you're right that that mm. three to four year stretch, and even from like eleven to thirteen, the defense wasn't that great. So yeah, you're one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think the only honestly, if I'm, I mean, early on, really early on, I'd probably say the offense being the weakness, just because Brady, obviously young, inexperienced, right. whatever and it was. the weaponry wasn't that great. The, the weapons weren't amazing. But I think, honestly, the most balanced team we ever had was at Seattle Super Bowl because 100%. we were up against the Legion of Boom, which was I maybe mean, the best. Outside of 07. Outside of 07. Yeah, well, exactly. 07 was just disgusting. But that was fueled by, like, a historic offense. Right. And the defense was still just nasty. But yeah. I feel like that, and, you know, that Seahawks Super Bowl year, Team was perfect. That was a flawless. I mean, we were going team. against. It was the best defense versus the best offense, yeah. and then like the number like three defense on the Patriots or five, whatever it was, and like the number three or five. It was like literally the verses, you know, one and one, five and five, whatever unit wise, and it was such a good game. That was like that's honestly probably the best Super Bowl I've ever seen in my lifetime. Probably the best Super uh, Bowl I've ever seen. Yeah, 100%. and uh, great, great matchup. All right, well. Chiefs Packers, give me your pair. Or who do you think is going to win this one? Taking the Packers, taking the Packers, especially with those points. So that that's that's an Plus insane amount of points for how good the Packers have looked and how I'm not I'm not trying to shit on the Chiefs. Saying that they're 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 going to lose in the playoffs isn't saying they're bad. They're still a great team. I just don't see them winning that much in the playoffs this year. But this week, I got them losing to the Packers. Yeah, I think it's an interesting game. I really do. Um... This is a tough one. This is probably the toughest one for me to pick this this week for sure. I think the Packers could win this game. You know, I I could definitely see that happening, as you as you think it will happen. But on the other side, I just look back at it, and I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy that got too, that got too anti-Chief to realize that they're still going to be the Chiefs. <laughs> and so I and I think I think you know when the offense looks bad, I think the next week they could drop forty, whatever yeah. it is. A lot to worry about, obviously, with this 
you know, playoff wise. Mm -hmm. Give me the Chiefs though in this week. Definitely a type take game. Honestly, this could be tipsy ball. The yeah, this yeah, and and then the the over here might be interesting as well. Forty two. You know, Packers can score at times. Chiefs. I think the under hits. I think it's a defensive game. Oh, really? Very defensive game. Tipsy bowl of the week. We've got. But there's another one. I know that there's another one that might be really interesting for Tipsy Bowl of the Week. What do you got? Well, I'm I'm pretty high on Denver right now. As oh. you know, I got a soft spot for Denver, given Peyton's <laughs> great time there, and yes. I enjoyed watching it. Um, and I know that you're a big Texans fan. <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe, maybe a parlay Tipsy Bowl of the Week. I take Broncos and Packers. You take Texans and Chiefs. Let's do it. I'm in. I like that. I love that. I like that a lot. Um, and we're going to touch on the Broncos in a second. But I do want to talk about this last game we're going to touch on. Bengals are going to Jacksonville to play the Jags here. The Jags are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. 38-and-a-half is the over-under. What do you think? Obviously, no Burrow. The Jags should what roll. What do you like? They should roll. Mm-hmm. You, 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 we've been saying it all year. They need to take that step to become an established elite team that's going to be in the run to make AFC championship runs over the next decade. And obviously it's only, let's be honest, it's really only the second year of this team being good. And maybe we're trying to rush the process more than we should be. We have all the pieces and you have the coach and the defense is pretty damn solid. So I, they're not really missing anything at this point. It's Trevor. Are you ready? That's really the question to me. Is Trevor ready to do that? So I'm going to take them to win because they should win. And they they honestly, given the landscape of the AFC, if the Jags get hot at the right time, who knows? I mean, I'm right now I'm a Ravens guy, but the AFC is kind of wide open. Kind of wide open. Yeah, I feel like for the most part, the entire league is pretty wide open. Oh, yeah. You know, the Chiefs look mortal. The Eagles... They look strong, but they have their, their think, weak performances. I think the NFC, if it's not San Fran or Philly, I'd be fucking shocked. I'd be shocked if it's not one of those two. All right, we're going to touch on that in a second, actually, because I did want to – that was one of the talking points. But first, we're going to go into our MVP check-in. Um, this, is, this is interesting, right? We've talked about this a few weeks back. There's no really – you know – guy taking the, the carry uh or taking the lead on on who's gonna win this award um nobody's been outstanding you know it's it's yeah. been an interesting year for that here are the the odds the updated odds that i found from new york post uh bet mgms so they have jalen hurts at plus 140 favorite right now mahomes is plus 350 second favorite lamar is plus 500 third Tua plus 800, Dak plus 800, and then it goes into Purdy, um, Stroud, Lawrence, CMC, and Josh Allen. Uh, Is there a guy here that stands out for you for MVP? No. I mean, I would go – right now, I'd stick with Lamar. But that's more based on – it's not really a – I don't know how to phrase this correctly. It's not based on the numbers that Lamar's putting up because he really hasn't had to put up those huge numbers that he did when he first won MVP Mm -hmm. in his second year starting. But if you look at a guy who has completely led his team and has completely molded his team and he's kind of his attitude and his, his leadership qualities have kind of just like gone around the whole locker room and he's clearly I don't know, it's like it's like sprinkling that fairy dust. I remember people used to say that about Peyton when he was on the Colts. Just mm-hmm. kind of sprinkling the fairy dust all over that room and kind of you can just tell who's the leader. You can tell why they're good. Uh what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Hopefully I think of it later, but you can tell he's the heart and soul of the team. You can tell that he's kind of just just willing them to win. He's the reason they're winning. He's the reason they're good. He's just is any other guy kind of the face of their franchise outside of Mahomes like Lamar is right now? Can you think of another guy? It's a good point. 
That's definitely a good point. And to me, they're the best team in the league. So if you're going to look at the best team in the league and who's the most valuable piece of that team, to me, it's Lamar. So I'd stick with Lamar. But I also think that Tyreek, again, deserves more love. He could still get 2,000 yards. That is still very much in play. I was looking at it today. What, they have six more games, and he needs 650 more yards? So that's still very much in play. And if a, if a receiver gets 2,000 yards, like, damn, he, that's at least top three MVP for me. Yeah, so I'm trying to do a little bit of a breakdown right now um, with the stats. There's there's a couple couple things here. I love Lamar, and Lamar was my pick before. I'm afraid that his um, touchdowns is going to be the downfall. Back in this race, yeah, exactly. Sure. I think that's going to be the downfall of him in this race. But prior to this, he was my midseason pick. Whatever we did uh, to break down a couple other guys that that are in the running for this. I'm looking at I'm looking at guys like I'm not my pick, Jack has been thrown around there as a potential guy. He is not my pick for uh, a couple of reasons. Mainly, I just, I think, I think they suffer from the beatdown syndrome, which is whenever you are against a bad team, you guys beat them and then just destroy them. You know, you right. just put up, you blow them out, you, 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 pad, you pad those stats, not saying he's stat padding or whatever. I'm just saying he... You know, typically they're winning games forty to to ten against a team like the Commanders. I mean, you stay in the whole time; those numbers are going to be inflated. Right. Um, you know, I haven't seen it much outside that Eagles game. I really haven't seen it this year. Where off the top of my head, where I've been impressed with a game, and he hasn't made a costly turnover. Right. So, my opinion, I'm not going Dak. Uh, then you look at the guys like Mahomes. You know, obviously statistically, he's going to be there every single year. He's going to be right around the top. But like you said, you know, 21 and 9. I mean, Brady had starts with starts the season where he was, I don't know, 33 and 4 touchdown interception with just as bad as weapons. And he wasn't even being, he was like top three. And people were like, how are you going to give it? Like the fact that people are now giving them, the the fact that people are now giving them a Holmes. But look at his weapons. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, I mean, just think about it from Brady's era. Like, what are we if doing? If Mahomes wins the MVP, this award has lost all validity. He doesn't deserve it. Not at all. Yeah. Just because you're the best player in the league, this is the thing that people don't get. You can be the best player in the league and not have the best season. You saw that with Peyton and Tom all the time. They were the two best players in the league, but guys like Rodgers and guys like Breeze and guys like Rivers and guys like Big Ben they still could have had the best season, but they weren't the best player. They just had the best season. So I yeah. really don't get this whole, oh, well, he's the best player in the league. He deserves the MVP. Fuck no, he does not. He hasn't done anything to deserve the MVP this year. Why? Because Kadarius Tony drops passes, so we're going to give Mahomes a fucking MVP? Like, what is this? This hasn't been, this kind of credit hasn't been awarded to any other player in the history of any other sport. Just because a guy drops some passes, he deserves an MVP. Boo-hoo, grab some fucking tissues and wipe your eyes. What the fuck is that? I really, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy I can tell. that he's even in the MVP race right now because he doesn't deserve it. He really doesn't at all. We just said it. He's not the most important player on his own team right now. It's the fucking defense. Like, honestly, yeah. if you want to point out one guy, Chris Jones. Chris Jones has been their best player all year, and he missed the first two. So there's that. Great point. Absolutely great point. Back to what I'm thinking for MVP. I think Jalen Hurts is my my guy for right now until I see, you know, further evidence to why he shouldn't be. I mean, if you're comparing quarterback seasons based off, you know, different metrics, he's going to be top five to seven, you know, in some categories, even closer to the to top three. And then you just look at his rushing numbers, and he's got almost 500 yards, and he has 11 touchdowns rushing. And he's on a team that's 10-1. and one. He's on a team that defensively, as good as people want to think that they are, they have not been as good defensively as year. people think. Not this, not year. this year. They do have a very good um, run-stopping uh, defense, but 
We've seen in recent weeks it get gashed. So the team that's 10 and one, the guy who's making a name for himself. Yeah. And, and you know, if we're going to give it to Purdy and say, oh, Purdy, you know, he's playing phenomenal. And he is. And I give him all yep. the credit in the world. And he's probably maybe my, my third or fourth guy that I'd, I'd go with. But if we're going to give him all the praise and say it's, it's okay, it's not his fault that they have all these weapons, then why is Jalen Hurts getting, getting hurt? The fact that he has a great O-line, the fact that he has a good defense, right. the fact that he has two really good receivers and a good tight end. Why would we, why would we shame him? Jalen Hurts, if anything, is doing more with himself because he's rushing for 11 touchdowns. He's yeah. the third leading. I believe he's the third. Let me double check this. He is, he's tied for the second most rushing touchdowns in the league, and he's a fucking quarterback, all right? Yeah, I like, mean, you, you make some great points, and honestly, yeah, I might have to. I want it to be Lamar, but 10-1 and one is 10-1, and one, and the numbers he's putting up are bordering. Not even bordering. They are just phenomenal. Yeah. It, given how he didn't have the best start either. He really no. didn't. Along with the whole no, team, he didn't. he didn't have the best start. And that's something that voters usually take into account with this award is – First three weeks, sometimes it get thrown out the window. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you, you can't you can't with, look past yeah. Jalen Hurts. With sure. that said, he, I, I he could yeah. win it. He really could. With that said, I, I do like the the Lamar pick because obviously now he's without J.K. Dobbins, he's without Mark Andrews, he's without right. um, all these guys on on his offense to help him, and he's still you know putting together really good. This is best passing year I think in of his career. The way he's yeah. just you know demanding that that offense and take control. But um, a guy that I do want to sneak in there, and he's probably my fourth guy right now, maybe just behind Brock Purdy, C.J. Stroud, dude. I mean, the numbers are there. Yeah. He's, he's second in the league in passing, 3,200 yep. yards. He's got 19 touchdown passes and five picks. I mean, he's doing it all, and he's leading this team. It's just going to be – it would be weird to see not only a rookie, obviously, but it would be weird to see um, a guy on a team like the Texans who, you know, you know might, might not make the playoffs, you know, probably won't make the playoffs win the MVP, but if any year to do it, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those. One because, yeah. I mean, honestly, no one's really stood out from the pack. They really haven't, and on top of I, I respect the C.J. Stroud pick. I really do. Even if they have a losing record and they miss the playoffs, what most people have them at? 2-15? and 1-16? and 3-14? and 14. Yeah. So if you're yeah. like 8-9, and nine, or even 9-8 and eight and don't make it, that's literally all because of C.J. Stroud, which means value. Most valuable player doesn't necessarily mean best player on the best team who made the playoffs, who went 15-2. I think yeah. we've kind of lost the true meaning of that award. You've seen in the NBA, in the past, in like the 80s and the 70s, you've seen guys on teams with a losing record who have won an MVP. So why couldn't that happen in this instance when no one has really stood out from the back yeah, And I know everyone is obsessed with Mahomes and wants to give him every single award because he's the greatest thing that's ever happened to football. And he's John Elway, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, Dan Marino combined. And he's just that good. And he's, oh my God, thank God for Kansas City. Thank God for Patrick Mahomes. Thank God for Andy Reid. May, may them bless us all. <laughs> like, honestly, who's been better this year? Stroud or Mahomes? Stroud's been Stroud. far more impressive in my Stroud. opinion. Who's been more valuable to their team? Stroud or Mahomes? Stroud. Stroud. So let's be honest about it. Let's not look purely at records. Let's look at value. Most valuable player value. I think we're not really looking at the whole value part of this all, which is the fucking award. So let's look at it correctly, and let's fix what has been done wrong in the past with Aaron Rodgers winning Two of his MVPs when he didn't deserve him. He stole him from Tom Brady and J.J. Watt, but they didn't want to give it to Tom because he won it so many times, and they couldn't for some reason give it to a defensive player who scored four touchdowns and got 22 and a half sacks. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Adds up. Go off. Let's it's unbelievable. Go. I'm sick of um, the MVP because it doesn't mean anything anymore. It really doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've you said it all right there. It's it's one of those awards where, you know, voters are going to have their favorites. I mean, it's kind of becoming a joke. I mean, yes, if you're talking about a, a world real life MVP, this would make sense. But last year, I'm pretty sure that the the medic that resuscitated Demar Hamlin got an MVP vote. 
yes, you're a life MVP. Yes, you're a legend. You're a phenomenal guy, and, and you deserve to win many awards. MVP of the NFL is not is not one of those. Yeah, like, God bless you. You saved God someone's life. God bless you, yeah. You I saved mean, someone's life. I'm not downplaying it. Thank but... you. It's not a football player. <laughs> He's almost won the MVP. It's not a football player. Um, crazy times. But let's get on to this next topic. Two more here. Denver Broncos, are they for real? I want you to touch on this because, you know, the Broncos are a little piece of your heart right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've kind of turned my back to them since, you know, Peyton retired because a lot of a lot of emotions. I, I wish that they would have they, – they really should have held on to him longer than they did. He had one more year. I don't want to hear anyone say that he didn't. Excuse me. Um, but the Broncos, easily the hottest team in the NFL, up there with the Ravens, up there with the Niners. This team's real. They are real. That defense is gross. Russ isn't quite Seattle Russ. He's way better than last year's Russ. To me, he's better than first two years in the league Russ because now he's going back to the leader that he used to be, which, which was probably his best asset. When when he got uh, when he became a Hollywood quarterback is the popular term. Became a bit of a Hollywood quarterback. Just be kind of became a dick, and his his best asset was that he was a likable guy. And the Seahawks fell apart when he became a dick. The Broncos were bad last year for a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons. But one of them was because he was kind of a dick. And he's not that guy right now. And he's been a leader. He's been playing much better. He's getting way more out of his receivers. Cortland Sutton, in particular, has been great this year. And that defense is insane. I believe they have the most most turnovers forced in the last, what, 10 weeks? Last eight weeks, something like that, something crazy. So you got to give them credit. They're real. Sean Payton, everything you said about Nathaniel Hackett, completely justified. I don't care about the code. Nathaniel Hackett's a pathetic human being. He <laughs> deserved every word that was said about him. So, yeah, I'm with the Broncos. They're, they're definitely making the playoffs. I mean, good for the Broncos. Honestly, yeah. that's all I can say. Um, one of my one of my uh, coworkers here and, and one of my friends is a huge Broncos fan, and it's been pretty cool watching. Broncos you know, country, let's ride. Yes, they are riding for sure, and and a year year too late because I thought they'd be really good last Mr. year. Mr. Unlimited for me. Mr. Unlimited. Uh, Mr. Unlimited's back. Uh, I, I hope I hope it's for real. Uh, I think the culture is being built there. Yeah, and uh, and, and that's something that's sustainable. You know, Sean Payton definitely making his imprint there. Good yep. for them, honestly. That's what I, I'd say. Last point we're going to touch on, are the Detroit Lions in trouble? What do you think, Ben? I, I know you wanted to touch on this. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm very worried. As a guy who really wants the Lions to succeed, I mean, maybe the Thanksgiving game was maybe they finally felt the pressure of it actually being a big game, and that kind of caught up to them a bit and kind of threw them off their game. But they did the same thing against the Bears in a 1 o'clock game the week before they were just lucky enough to win. So, yeah, I'm very concerned with them. Jared Goff, I don't think it's Ben Johnson's play calling. I think I think Jared Goff has just looked bad the last couple of weeks. So that, that makes me think, is he fighting some sort of injury? The O-line, which has been a strength of theirs the past two seasons, yeah. they looked awful last week. And not even just protecting Jared Goff, it was more so the running game. They weren't really able to get Montgomery and, and Gibbs going the way that they have in the past. I mean, I know that they both ended with Pretty pretty decent numbers, but not what we've expected out of them and not how they've been playing in, uh, in recent weeks. So, yeah, I'm really worried about them. And the defense it hasn't been that great either. So this is the biggest test of, of uh, Dan Campbell's uh, stint in Detroit since rebuilding the team and building a winning culture there because now you've built the winning culture, but now you're seeing some cracks and you have to fix them. You're facing some adversity. So let's see if they can figure it out on the fly and get it done. I think they can, but I'm concerned. Yeah, I think you make some good points. Uh, definitely the O-line one, definitely Goff, the defense. I What I would say here is the fact that when you look at a team like the Lions, and like you said, it used to be, you know, earlier in the year I'm talking, it used to be give it to David Montgomery. You know, Gibbs didn't even have a huge role, but, Give my give my let my running backs take care of a yeah. lot of this load, and then let's let's hit them with some play action. Let's let's work off in you know we got we got uh St. Brown who's phenomenal. 
uh, Laporta, who's been a star so it's far this year. Phenomenal. I mean, they have weapons. Josh Reynolds is good. Khalif Raymond, Jamison Williams. Um, they, they traded for uh, Peoples-Jones. I don't know yep. if he's done anything, but one thing I do know is I feel like they're kind of, in a way, straying away from their roots, which should just be, let's pound the fucking ball. Ground and pound. Jared pound Goff doesn't ball. need to be a superstar. He can make big throws and big moments. But you're not the Niners running the West Coast offense with Montana and Steve Young. You're, you're, you're supposed to run the ball. You play off the play action. And then on big third downs, Jared Goff drops back and hits Amon Ra down the middle. That's how they've always done it. And yep. as you just said, I'm so happy you said it. They're veering away from that. And I don't know why. Uh, run the ball. Play off your defense. Part of the reason their defense hasn't looked great to me is because there's, they've been seeing way more three and outs and, been, and turnovers than they've been used to all season. So mm-hmm. they're a little bit more gassed at the end of the games. They're not, they're not getting the big stops that they were early in the year. So yeah. I'm with you. Uh, they have I, to get yeah. back to what they're supposed to be. I think the two biggest things is, like I said, fixing that run game. You know, And it's not even much that needs to be fixed. It's just doubling down. You know, We're right. a running team. Let's right. double down. Let's, let's run the ball. David Montgomery should be getting 17 to 18 carries a game. I know it's a lot, but he should be. He should be. And uh, Jameer Gibbs should be getting, I don't know, he should be getting 8 to, to 12 carries a game and then some touches um, out of the backfield as a receiver. Mm-hmm. You do that, you know, it's, it obviously changes the game plan a lot, probably increases your, your running attack a lot, but it's going to be worth it because you're going to beat down the defense. You're going to wear them out, get tired. And that's what you need to be doing. And the big reason for that is what I think me personally is going on with them. And this is still my first point is Jameson Williams has come on and he's not been phenomenal. You know, he's had a couple of good plays. He's had a lot of bad plays since coming back from the suspension, but it's almost like they're trying to force him into a role of being that, you know, wide receiver two that, that Devonta Smith to an AJ Brown, right. you know, and I just don't think, and I loved him. I, I don't think he, I really had high hopes with him. I don't think he's that guy. I mean, at, at least, least not, this at least year. Not, yeah, exactly. At least, not, at right least not right now, at least not this year. So what they should be doing, it should be that hard run attack. Uh, St. Brown should be looking at, you know, seven to 11 receptions a game, kind of like a Keenan Allen like role. And Laporta should be getting six catches a game. Yep. I mean, Laporta should be getting fed. He's phenomenal. Feed him. Use Jameson Williams in a little bit more of crafty ways, you know, end arounds, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. And then use Gibbs as a little receiver between those guys, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, and then working in Donald Peoples-Jones. There's no reason why they shouldn't be having a solid passing attack. And they've had at, at, at many times. Goff has looked good many times. But recently, he's been throwing picks, you know, left and right. So right. until Goff feels more comfortable and feels like he's back in routine, feed your running backs. And, and this kind of goes back to the point where we were talking about it. I don't know how much the Titans were asking for, but if Derrick Henry doesn't resign for them, they lose him for nothing, right? Which makes me think that they'd want to re- they're going to resign him. But I mean, you can't tell me that they couldn't get Derrick Henry for a third round pick, fourth round pick, whatever it is, multiple thirds, one third, one fourth. Who even knows nowadays? I mean, you add him to that attack, you don't have to worry about feeding Montgomery too much. You don't have to worry about feeding Gibbs too much. You can, you could literally go 12, 12, and eight, and just yeah. have. And just go, you know, 70 yards, 70 yards, 50 yards from your three backs and just double down on your, your running attack. And, you know, that is just as good of an asset as a passing attack, in my well, opinion. I'm, I'm so happy that you brought up the running game and the need for them to emphasize that. And I love that you brought up the Eagles where they have the A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith duo. Yeah. The Lions are what they are. And they found success being what they are. And God knows why they tried to become something else mid-season. If you're yeah. going to do that, if you're going to evolve, you do that in the off-season. Or you do that after a couple of years of being good at what you're good at and, and building upon that in a way. You don't do it in the middle of a fucking season and ruin everything that you built. It's, it's asinine. Yeah. Um, and, and the last point I'll, I'll mention, and, and we'll be out, this defense, it, it's young at parts. It's it's banged up at times. The one thing I think that they could have really used is getting another pass rusher because as... as someone to play off of Hutch. Exactly. They need to play as, off of as, as good as, as we want to make Hutch, 
he's he's not that upper tier of a rusher at least yet right. um you know he's he's probably right at the bottom of that tier two with guys like Hassan reddick he's he's at the he's bottom of that be list tier one but not yet and 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 yeah and we haven't seen him get to that point yet he has he's got times where he looks like the top of the top and he's got times where he doesn't really do too much so I mean, one thing I'd say is imagine if they added a guy like, you know, I have Montez Sweat. The Bears paid a lot for him, and he looks like a good get. Chase Young was available. You know, plenty of guys. I mean, I don't know what they could have necessarily done. But for a team like this, imagine if they brought on Aaron Donald for yeah. for a first-round pick and, and a third Dude, next even, year. Even a guy like Uche, who isn't mm, having Uche. a tremendous season, but a guy that would only cost you like a six-round pick. And you just throw him in there and see if he can make something happen. To me, that's a yeah. no-brainer to try to I, get a guy I, like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and Ali McNeil has been great, and he and he's he's a good player. But just you know, he's he's in he's interior. Go yeah. get another guy that can rush from the end, uh, the edge, and and they this would be a much scarier unit than it is. But with, with all that said, they are eight and three, so the world is not falling down. They just right. obviously look a little bit slower. Um, but yeah, that's an overreaction league. That's right, and it's a no fun, no fun league. The way they're <laughs> handing out these fines, how yep. crazy is that, right? That is, uh, you're not wrong on that one. You're not Nuts. wrong on that one. All right, well, that is NFL Week 13 overview recap, storylines, whatever you want to call it. Tipsy Tailgate Media, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. See ya.